RadioMD. RadioMD.com. You've got questions. Melanie's got answers. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. About one million Americans have Parkinson's disease, but did you know that half develop a very scary and difficult-to-manage psychosis as well? My guest today is Dr. Jason Kellogg. He's the chief of staff at Newport Bay Hospital. Welcome to the show. Dr. Kellogg, so tell the listeners, what is Parkinson's disease psychosis? Yes, thank you, Melanie. So I've been treating this disorder for about 15 years, and usually what it rep- how it pre- presents itself is with visual hallucinations. So very commonly, a, a patient that I'm seeing will will uh, will uh, comment on that they see something in the room that does not actually exist. So, for instance, my very recent uh, patient who I'd seen, it was in a skilled nursing facility in a hospital type of, of room, and he was convinced that as people walked by that they had guns. In particular, he thought that they had ak forty seven, And you can imagine how stressful that was for him and uh, even for his roommate because uh, he, he truly believed that people outside of his room had guns. Uh, so it's very commonly a visual hallucination. Sometimes it comes in in combination with what we call presence, and that's that's the feeling of, uh, of another be- a human being in the room with them. So I, I recently had a patient who believed that there were small children in the room with her, when in fact there were not. So it can be so quite this dramatic. Is- and- and it is. It's quite traumatic, and I've seen it myself. I had one man who was going on an airplane, and he was in his wheelchair, and he must have thought he was going into the gates of hell because he started absolutely screaming right at the entrance to the plane. And they wouldn't, of course, let him on, because. but I don't know what he was seeing. And he wouldn't tell me what he was seeing, but it was very scary, and I imagine that for him, who knows, he could have been looking into a fire, for all we know. So... What what do you do about it? Because we'll talk about the burden for for the patient and for their caregivers, but what can you do once you recognize this is going on? Yeah, the first thing we try to do is anything that's non-pharmacological. So if we can avoid medications, of course we do. So sometimes using the right, correct light uh, amount of lighting in the room can be important. Uh, minimal exposure uh, can be important. Uh, so, for instance, taking that gentleman outside and showing him that they, in fact, were not guns. Early in the illness, the person can have insight and they can understand that, hey, uh, you know, you just proved to me correctly that these are not, uh, not, not correct. My these are hallucinations. But, <clears throat> but uh, into the illness, all of a sudden, those those patients lose their insight. So, for instance, the gentleman that you've seen that um, didn't want to get on the airplane, he there was no convincing him with non-pharmacological ways that uh, he was not entering. Well, wait, can I stop you one second? Because you know what we did? We turned the wheelchair around, backed him onto the airplane, got him in his seat, handed him a newspaper, and boom, it was done. So that was a non-pharmacological... I was was alluding to. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, Yeah, so if you can kind of gently, that's what I was talking about, gently uh, doing exposure therapy where you... He basically exposed him to what he was scared of, and he realized, hey, this isn't as bad as I thought. So that's what we try first. But sometimes it can just be so overwhelming and so debilitating that these patients end up in nursing homes. The caregivers can't take care of them. Even worse, sometimes they end up in geriatric psychiatric hospitals because they'll do, they'll do things. One, one of my patients was uh, convinced that his neighbors were, in fact, zombies, and he took uh, his own personal handguns across the street to take care of these zombies, and the police got involved in it can be quite um, uh, quite debilitating at times. Oh, absolutely. So then when it does come to the pharmacological interventions, what do you do? Yeah, so up until now, we've 
kind of used everything what we what we know as off label. So the the problem with Parkinson's disease is this imbalance of dopamine and, and serotonin. And so we would use antipsychotics such as quetiapine or clozapine, and those medications were not FDA improved. And if we ever in if we ever improve their hallucinations, unfortunately, we almost always worsen their motor symptoms. So most people know Parkinson's disease as, as the uh, really bad tremor that these patients get in, in addition to disrupted sleep-wake cycles and um, the slow movement. So we would, we would help in, in one way, but we would hurt in another way. The way I describe it is you can't go north and south at the same time. So until now, we would we would treat patients with antipsychotics, and we might help with their delusions, but unfortunately we would worsen the other aspects of the Parkinson's disease, such as the motor symptoms, and it was kind of one step forward and one back. <clears throat> so now you have, there's something called placid. Tell us a little yeah, bit about that, and, and does that not impact motor function quite as much? Yeah, very innovative product, and it's, it's, uh, it, it does not impact the motor function at all, uh, both in Human human trials and in uh, in rodent trials, we we examined this antipsychotic to see if it would worsen motor symptoms, and in fact, it did not. We designed the studies to actually find any worsening of motor symptoms in these different trials, and uh, there was no worsening. Uh, and yet, we had a very potent antipsychotic effect. This medication is the only antipsychotic that does not block dopamine, and what what Parkinson's patients have an insufficiency of is is dopamine. They, they can't convert the amino acid tyrosine to dopamine anymore because of the loss of neurons in the substantia nigra. So when they lose those, those uh, neurons, they lose the enzyme that converts tyrosine to dopamine and end up with deficient dopamine. So as a psychiatrist or as a medical doctor like me, if I come along and then block the little bit of dopamine they have, uh, then I make them worse. But in, finally, now we have this pretty refreshing medication that got FDA approved so we could treat the psychosis without lowering the dopamine. Wow, that's really very fascinating. That's pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about some of the other things that Parkinson's disease patients and their caregivers have to go through when they're dealing with some of the side symptoms besides psychosis. Yeah, so, you know, when you when I first went to med school, I thought, well, Parkinson's disease is a tremor, and it is a tremor many times, but it actually... It's a degenerative brain disease, so other things other than the tremor can happen. They get very disrupted sleep-wake cycles. Uh, they can get autonomic instability, which means things like uh, you know palpitations and blood pressure changes. Uh, they often can get even GI symptoms, uh, believe it or not. They get very slow movement. Uh, and So uh, if you notice the patient in a, uh, with Parkinson's disease, he or she, when sitting in a chair, they don't really move. They don't move around the chair. They... Uh, sit there with what we call masked faces. They they don't uh, you know they don't smile. They don't move much. When they walk, they have what we call a fenestrating gait, where they uh, they they almost fall over because they have such inability to control their movements that they can even start to get ataxia and uh, unsteadiness. So for the caregivers, the debilitating part of the disease is usually, however, when the psychosis kicks in. Most sons and daughters or, or spouses can take care of. The loved one with just the tremor, right? I mean, it's 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 a bewildering tremor, but it's something that everyone can live with. But when the person starts believing that there's uh, guns in the you know outside the hallway, then of course that that becomes they don't have a hard time taking. So scary. And what do you tell in the last minute here? What do you tell 
the caregivers, Dr. Kellogg, about dealing with this insidious condition of Parkinson's and the psychosis. Kind of wrap it all up for us. Yeah, so I tell them that there are treatments available. Uh, I, again, I start with non-pharmacological things, so good, healthy nutrition, good, healthy lifestyle, uh, physical therapies, we can get it, uh, understanding the disease, asking the right questions. Uh, unfortunately, in, in medicine, sometimes we didn't ask about the psychosis and the hallucinations because we didn't have a good way to treat it. So now I'm trying to educate um, myself and my team hey, let's start asking more of these questions that we used to kind of avoid because we never had a treatment for them anyway. Uh, and so encouraging the patients to uh, be healthy human beings, encouraging the caregivers to, uh, to uh, portray all the symptoms that are going on at home, not just uh, letting them know that you know we have some breakthrough therapies, especially now. Yeah, it is amazing. What an amazing field of study that you have. And thank you so much. I applaud all the good work that you're doing. And if anybody missed any of the great information that we're giving, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or the free TuneIn Radio app. This show, my show, is heard every day at 11 a.m. Central Time. So share these shows with your friends because this is how we all learn together. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well. 